0: Hi, this is Susan Nethercote, and welcome to the Studio Insider Art Podcast. In these episodes, I throw open the doors to my art studio practice and how I run my business as a professional artist. Whether it be candid insider chats with my studio assistants, Laura and Steph, or interviews with other creatives, or answering listener questions, there is something here for every emerging artist. I hope my journey can help you feel a bit more at home in your own.
1: Hi Steph. Hi Suze. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Um, I've got loads of questions saved up for you this week, so I can't wait to talk to you.
0: Ah, well, because we kind of jumped out of the last podcast episode because it just got so thick and juicy with questions and we started to go into a, a very, very juicy realm, which was all around building an online identity and story sort of via social media and all that kind Mm -hmm. of thing um and I cut you off I said Steph this is another episode (laughs) so here we are as promised delivering so what do you got for me okay so I wanted to know your advice on
1: the first steps Of how I should put myself out there. Now I'm emerging into the world from my little egg as an artist. So what are some things that I can do that I can act on right now to set myself up for the future
0: in this space? Oh my gosh, there are so many things you can do. And the first one I had for you is a really easy, actionable one. I clicked onto your link tree on your Instagram Uh (laughs) and there was nothing on your link tree where I could click to sign up to your newsletter or I could click to see your listings. It was really hard for me to find your work. So, and I wouldn't just have one for both because I know that you have your newsletter sign up on your homepage make that one link which is sign up for my art newsletter and be really explicit about that's what you're doing and have another one that's a link to your i think it's an etsy shop is it that you're using for your art at the moment yeah i don't know is it what i couldn't figure it out because you have
1: a website i do okay so this is a bit convoluted and i feel like i've made an error here so i have a website with um a gallery of my work and titles which you then can click on and it gives you more images of the work and a description of the inspiration behind the work and then a buy me button which takes you to my etsy I shop. i see
0: right okay well i haven't taken that step yet because my piece hasn't connected with me yet but i'm sure it's coming. i'll let you off <laughs> <laughs> you are not nearly enough front and center with that and get rid of the one for mostly miniature that links to a shop that says, I'm not doing this at the moment. (laughs) Okay, that would make sense. (laughs) So you haven't completely evolved your transition yet in your, so yeah, I would suggest that. You've just got a landing page on Squarespace, is that right? No, I've got a landing page and then the gallery of
1: images of work for sale. Yes.
0: So the other thing you can do is create an unlinked page in Squarespace Mm -hmm. and make your own branded link tree. I did not know this. That's what I've got. We can talk about this later. It's not hard. Wow. Um, so you can make your own branded link tree really easily and then you're not using Linktree. Um. You're going, you're staying within your website. Lovely. Um, yeah. So I would be putting up both those links in separate buttons and I would also be linking to the podcast episodes you're doing that are talking about your journey just so that yes. you're like really owning this and being really front and center with it. And I love that you're just posting lots of your art because what's happening in that process. Um, and I'm going by Instagram cause I'm not on TikTok mm-hmm. cause I'm 45. <laughs> I'm too scared to go to the, the land of TikTok. It's too fast for me. It breaks my brain. Um, the 30 second video, what is it? 30 second videos or something? Max. Yeah. 15 to my 30. Brain. Like I can't do it. I'm just like, people say things so fast. and I'm like, I can't do that. Anyway. <laughs> you're um, so old, aren't you? No. Well, no, I'm not. But I talk <laughs> no, like I'm 80 sometimes. <laughs> exactly. So, so I can only speak from the way that it's coming across on Instagram, which is your primary place of yes, exposure. So I really love that you're transitioning your feed to art. And it's got a pretty solid presence now I'd start thinking about now ways that you can and you you do this so well anyway because you did it really well with mostly miniature how are you gonna curate your feed for your mm-hmm. art you've got your art posts but what else are you gonna post to give your feed that lovely balance
1: yeah I feel that you're really good at this and as I was compiling my imagery to go on my listings I realized I don't have any let's call them lifestyle shots for want of a better word but I don't have any storytelling imagery around. Well, that's because you haven't invented that. it yet. No I haven't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's true. So you'll you'll try things out you'll try yeah. things out in your photography you just have to start thinking about it more in the context of working and you probably don't want to do that right now because i know you're in such a hot and heavy romance with painting you're probably completely gone into another world oh God, that sounds so saucy <laughs> but yeah i you've just it's about being really front and center about it and um i think also and i don't know that you've done this there was a period of time in your instagram where it was like you were apologizing to yes, all of your mostly miniature people but I'm going to keep posting my art and I think you've kind of stopped doing that now, but I think it's yeah. definitely the apology period for be- evolving into something else is over. Yeah. A, you should never feel like you have to, but <laughs> I totally get why you did it. Cause I would probably feel the same, but you've just got to stop that and just be who you are yeah. and let the chips fall where they may in terms of who stays with you and who doesn't. Yes um my That's guess helpful. is they're mostly going to stay with you because you're actually an excellent visual storyteller and you will find your rhythm you just need to start paying attention to the things that are core within your work that you're representing that can be echoed in photographs um but they don't have to be lifestyle mm-hmm. they don't have to be lifestyle they could be still life
1: yes Yeah,
0: and I think you do
1: those beautifully. Like as I'm looking into your lovely, beautiful pile of gorgeous imagery as we're putting content together for your projects, you're so good at that visual storytelling through Still Life. Your paints, the the brushes sitting in beautiful buttery globs of colour and, you know, the views across your studio, like all that stuff, that collateral you've worked really hard to build is like gorgeous and i don't have any of that and i feel like i need to build that storytelling side that you've you've you know you're really good at
0: visually yeah and it'll happen yeah it'll happen as you know it takes time and you can't rush it
1: no and I'm, i don't have a beautiful studio like you and i need to
0: stop using that as an excuse you do and you're going to have to find a way to tell that story that perhaps isn't about space i'm sure you can make many beautiful vignettes within your studio that don't that aren't about the space i mean i i very consciously use my studio as it's almost like another person in my business my mm-hmm. my environment because it's very beautiful and people love it and so i use that as part mm-hmm. of my storytelling um and it's not an, you know i use it in a very honest open way because I love it, (laughs) but also I'd be silly not to. So I very consciously do things to this space to make it a real personality within my business. Like I have some quite big studio lights in here that I constantly have bouncing light off my ceiling when I'm in here working, to create this big open light space, which A is partly just to make sure it's really well lit to work in, but it also makes it a really great space to photograph in. So there's always things you can do within a space to make it really beautiful. They're very useful, especially for working at night. Mm. Um, So you've got to take whatever your best assets and work with what you've got. Like you've got a pretty cute house and you're really good with interiors. Thanks. And you've got a really cute kid. Oh, I think <laughs> so. <laughs> and I've seen some very beautiful photos of um, your gorgeous girl with some of your artwork. Yeah. So that also comes into the realm of, you know, some people aren't comfortable using their kids in in their social media, which I'm pretty sure you're okay with because I've seen you do it before. Yeah. And I'm okay with. I don't go to town on advertising their identity. Yeah. But um, – I, it's part of my life, so it feels like a really natural part of my storytelling. Yeah,
1: yeah. and we often she and I often work on paintings together. Particularly now, while we've been in lockdown, she'll do a bit, put some colour on, and then I'll have a play, and that's been part of our days. So, you know, it's fun and it See, makes sense. See, I feel
0: like that's such a beautiful opportunity for a storytelling segue from mostly miniature to painting, because mostly miniature. It has that element of child about it, even though I know a lot of your collectors are grown mm-hmm. grown-ups that have. But it's still the child within that you're appealing to, yeah. really, yeah, isn't it, is. it? So to bring in child art play um, to that audience that already pre-exists there. Feels really natural and like a really nice storytelling segue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that'd be one area that I would suggest would be really great for you. Great.
1: Okay, I have a question. In that past incarnation, actually, backtracking, I um, made a little announcement on Instagram last week that I am done. I am no longer mostly miniature, and then it needs. Oh, I missed to... that. Well done, you. Thank you. I hid it at the bottom of a really long pose. <laughs>
0: Oh, right,
1: okay. But um, But you said it. I said it and people responded and DM'd and wished me the best of luck with new things. And I feel like that's released me a little bit from the expectation around that shift. And I feel like I can just jump straight into it. I can, you know, move forward now. Um, Great. But in that incarnation, I had, I guess, like um, connections within the press or like people who previously interviewed me for for articles and stories and various things so it feels really scary but should I follow up and reach out to those people and start telling them my new story like is it too soon
0: my instinct says it's a little bit too soon
1: mm-hmm.
0: I actually would hold off just a little bit on that yeah and I would let I would let your story flesh out a little because they know you really they've come to you from social media yeah so I would wait personally this is what I would do I would wait until it feels like your transition and your segue into the new identity has a chance has had a chance to enmesh a bit more within how your presence is and also just to allow your work a little bit more space to mature and evolve and have a bit more of a story there before you go and tell everybody I feel like It's just a little bit too soon, but I think you should absolutely do it in maybe three to six months. Yeah, okay. I also would save that one up for when people are buying again.
1: Okay, that's a good idea.
0: I don't know that now is the time that you want to be capitalizing on previous contacts.
1: That's true, but then in saying that, some of them that work in the printed realm. Working three months in advance, aren't they? Mind you,
0: the world can change so much. Well, that's true. Mm, Who knows? That's true. Something about that also, it also is so vulnerable a place. And let's bring this over to the camp of the psychology of it all a bit more. Yeah. I think there's so much pressure on us these days to evolve and become who we are so quickly. And I don't think it's always the healthiest thing. And I think you should just pace yourself a little bit in terms of those kinds of exposure. Because every time that you put yourself out there in that way, you also put yourself out there in terms of people saying no. And I just think pace it. Pace it and give yourself some time um from that point of view but also I'm I'm really just giving you a very instinctual Mm -hmm. answer I just think it's a fraction too soon and I I personally if it were me would want to see a longer story having appeared
1: yeah I think you've really hit on something there with the term of of evolution because I do feel like I'm still in that experimental phase of jumping around from lots of exciting
0: ideas. I know I totally get what you mean, but the thing, the reason I say that is predominantly that I don't think it's healthy for any artist to have the work, the eyes of the world scrutinizing you and your work when you are still embryonic. I don't think that's helpful to your creative process, and I fear that it could shut you down or push you in directions that may not actually be honestly what are the truest directions for you Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and i i don't want that for you that's just my opinion i want you to be you've said it before too like you understand how precious this time is this early period where you get to explore and expand and be without the weight of a particular style or identity hanging over you it is the most beautiful time that you are ever going to have as an artist don't shut it down too early because the moment you start opening up the eyes of the world on you there is the pressure to brand there is the pressure to nail down into a particular style and now is not the time for that it's too soon it's too soon
1: yeah you're right you're having
0: a ball and you will stop having I can guarantee you if you do that if you do that too soon I can guarantee you that it will shut you down
1: that's really valuable insight there Suze yeah do it but just don't do it yet it's like a relationship isn't it like I'm not ready to get married and mm -hmm. you know put up with daily laundry and farts I want to enjoy the romance you've
0: only just said okay I'll be your girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) you're not ready to get married no (laughs) and what would your mother say if you did that (laughs) Oh, she'd be be well used to that behaviour I think
1: (laughs) But you get what I'm saying, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so there's a, a couple of really clear directions. So there's sorting out and refining my existing online presence. That needs some time and attention. So if I put all that scary journalist stuff on the back burner, I think another path that artists follow might be to do like an art fair or you know some type of or an exhibition event based let's call it marketing like putting yourself out into the world what are your
0: thoughts I think they're really valid avenues and I don't know that you're ever going to know how that's going to be for you unless you do one and you should do it to see for me I haven't had a lot of exhibitions and I've never actually had a solo exhibition I did do an exhibition with a friend of mine Ali Shirley a few years ago Mm -hmm. And it just caused so much anxiety for me that I was just like this is not this is not the way for me Um, all that pressure to have a huge body of work ready for a particular date was not healthy for me I feel the same way
1: that's just so stressful
0: it's so stressful and it's kind of the, the mold on which you know the old art world built on is the exhibition system And I operate very deliberately outside of that because it's not, it's not deadlines are like my kryptonite. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Like I don't even give people collection launch dates. I do not give myself, I do not make deadlines publicly knowledgeable to people. I just do things when they are ready because it seriously causes me so much angst that it's just not worth it. So I build my business model in a way that supports what I need to support my mental health and um and that would be the question that i would i would be wanting you to ask of yourself is what's the best thing for me i've actually considered going and doing uh the other art fair i was invited to last year to go and participate by the organizers and i was very tempted to do it but i i couldn't because it was around the time that i was going to be traveling it's
1: actually called the other art fair i was like what is
0: she talking about? yeah the other art fair i think it's run by saatchi art and they appear all over the world mm-hmm. so i've considered doing those and i know other artists that have had really great success at those and so i have experience in the fair world via my fashion business so i've participated in very large scale there was one at one in australia called fashion exposed that i participated in and it was kind of similar scenario to the whole exhibition thing for me it was a huge amount of physical work as well which one of the things that i'm very aware of so i've got multiple tendon tears in both my shoulders so keeping fit and well and healthy and being able to paint my art is one thing but where i'm most likely to damage myself is trying to transport that art under high pressure situations so doing an art fair is actually not a smart thing for me to do from that point of view and How on earth am I going to look after my kids? You know, how does that coordinate with the, blah, blah, blah. So for me, that isn't really a lifestyle thing that I would consider doing just now. Mm -hmm. And also it just works better for me to produce an inventory of work gradually and just release those pieces. And I have a really lovely supportive clientele, a lot of whom will contact me and buy pieces that they see on social media. So it's kind of, you know, I I can get away without doing those things but as someone beginning I think it could be a really good thing I think doing something like that could be a really good thing especially an exhibition or an art fair the reason I do like it is because it creates a framework for you to create a body of work in
1: that worked so well for Laura last year like it really did oh gosh she thrived in that yeah she
0: thrived it was really good for her to have that container it was stressful Mm. but it was really worthwhile and she sold a fair bit of that work and there are a number of different stories that got told in that exhibition that showed her evolution over time Mm -hmm. so it was incredibly valuable for her and I almost think exhibitions are a bit of a rite of passage for artists as well like it's I think it's an experience you need to have to know how you're going to react to it
1: Mm. interesting Um,
0: and an art fair I think similar thing very very intense like it's an intense social atmosphere as well like yeah. you're just continually talking to people but you're getting very big exposure for your artwork and you're getting a big exposure to a lot of people so that could be a really good thing and I could totally see your work fitting in really well to an art fair environment so I, I think it's a really good thing to do the one piece of advice I would have if you're going to do that is give yourself a very long lead time because mm-hmm. it will be stressful yeah
1: Um, you're right I have only attended those sorts of trade fairs when working for other brands and far out it's intense and that's when it's it's not even my business on the line it was exhausting like I needed to just go hide in a cave for a month afterwards (laughs) Mm, that's really interesting so people attending art fairs aren't just buyers either they're gallery
0: reps or you know that's right
1: yeah there's all sorts of different people you can meet hey
0: there are all kinds of different people you want to meet and I guess like for me when I've considered that as well because obviously that's a big reason you might consider doing an exhibition or an art fair is to get exposure to the gatekeepers oh, of the industry yeah. um, but when I weigh it up that hasn't been a huge priority for me because the, the avenue that I chose very consciously fairly early on in my business was to pursue my path as an artist, as an entrepreneur, rather than as within the traditional system of the artist and the gallery owner and that relationship. Yeah. So you, which we kind of touched on a little bit in the last conversation we had actually, there might've been a couple of, a couple of podcasts ago, we were talking about that you know thinking about is that representation something that you are you know seeking from the outset and you don't have to know all those answers but and you might not know the answer until someone asks you yeah if that's something you want to do but I think exposing yourself in that way is very powerful and a bit of a rite of passage for artists for sure
1: Mm, it's like making a first sale that first yeah public visible invite all the people that know and love you (laughs) (laughs) to witness you emerging into the world in this new form yeah oh sus thanks for that i feel like i've got some stuff i need to do and stuff i need to think about but that i've got a clear clear path now that i can you know just put put my foot on and take the next step that was really helpful
0: well it's helpful to have a sequence and to know what sort of order to think about doing things in Mm. because when i think about it in a time frame like off the top of my head for you I would have thought putting yourself out there to media maybe three to six months, something like that, a a show or an art fair, I'd be thinking 12 months plus. Yeah. 12 to 18, actually, to really be ready and to not feel crazy pressure. Yeah. Which I know is not help any more helpful for you than it is for me.
1: <laughs> no, I'll still be working down to the last minute for sure. But yeah, I, but the reality is when you plan to do these things, you need that time frame. Even to just book the venue or submit the applications and try and get into something, that that window yep. is what it takes. So
0: Just even the research yeah. to find out what's required for different areas that you might be interested in. Mm. Absolutely. Well any other questions no I think
1: that's me I think I've exhausted my my pot of angst
0: (laughs) (laughs) well good luck with it all I think like I just think you're really beautifully poised though I think it's you you can you can drive yourself a bit nuts thinking about all this stuff but the important thing is just to start which Mm. you have just getting your first collection out there is such an achievement and What your website is going to look like eventually is going to be so different to where you've started. But you've started and unless you've started, you don't know where to progress to if you don't have a starting point. So, yeah, I think it's I love that you just you're an action taker and you just do things. Sometimes
1: I regret it afterwards though. (laughs)
0: Yeah, but only for a minute, and then the regret ch- turns into motivation to change it, right? True,
1: true. That's yeah.
0: What have you regretted so far? Oh
1: no, no, nothing. I don't know. But you know, when like sometimes you, I act before I think or whatever, and then I'm like, oh, what if I, you know, what have I signed up for? Like, what have I put myself, put my hand up for? That sensation, you know? Like,
0: oh, I'll yeah, do the that. Yeah, they're good I'll only for taking things. action so many people don't take action at all Mm. so I think it's actually far better to be that way than it is to be constantly prevaricating over not knowing what to do next or not being able to move at all because you're so frozen with indecision I think making a decision and just taking action is the most important thing every time and and you can change stuff
1: that's right it's not a tattoo I can change it no Mm -hmm.
0: Well, you can even change those these days.
1: <laughs> Thanks for just ruining my metaphor. But yeah.
0: <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> well, I think you're doing beautiful work and I'm immensely proud of you. And so, so stoked to be on this journey with you. So I hope if I've been harsh or very opinionated that in any way that you disagree with, you could just disagree with it. <laughs>
1: You off the hook and, do and you can take what's
0: helpful for you out of it I mean I don't know I think really we lean so much on our friends in these times of when we're creating something new that you just got to talk truth don't you or they just give your opinion
1: yeah and I'm I, I lucky to know people who give me an honest informed opinion like that's gold
0: oh aren't we all yeah. <laughs> you do the same for me so oh, right back at you great
1: big admiration fest <laughs>
0: Well, such a nice chat, Steph. Thank you. Yeah,
1: so nice to talk to you. Thanks for all your help. You're welcome.
0: Anytime. I hope it's been helpful for everyone else out there too. I'll catch you soon, darling. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning into the Studio Insider Art Podcast. You can always see more of my art over at susanethicott.com. And if you're interested in learning from me or checking out the podcast notes, you can find those over on SusanNethercoteStudio.com. I love hearing your comments and feedback, so feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, then why not snap a screenshot and share it in your Instagram stories? Be sure to tag me at Susan.Nethercote so I can say hi. And if you've got a great idea for a future podcast episode or know someone who you think I should interview, then pop on over to com forward slash podcast. Hit the button in the header image to shoot me an email. Catch you next time.